Have you ever regretted missing something? And felt like, man, I wish I could get it back. I want to talk about the God who will reschedule divine appointments. How many have ever missed an appointment with a doctor and they called you and said, hey, you were supposed to come? Uh, maybe that's just the Wallaces. We do that sometimes. How many have ever missed an appointment somewhere and the doctor's office will call you back and say, hey, we need to reschedule. You missed it, but we're going to fit you in. Look at somebody, tell them, neighbor, you might have missed it, but God's going to reschedule it for you. Uh-huh. Look at verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut, the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. How many know the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord? How many of y'all get glad when you see God do something in your life? Amen. So Jesus said to them again, peace be to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive ye the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Look at verse 24. Now Thomas called the twin. One of the twelve was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. So Thomas said to them, Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, his disciples, somebody say eight days. After eight days, his disciples were again inside. Thomas was with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace to you. And then Jesus said to Thomas, Reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen, you believe. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet still believe. May, may God add his blessing to his word, Ephesians 5, and then we're going to pray. Ephesians 5, verse 15, when you got it, say word. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time. Somebody say redeeming the time. Redeeming the time because the days are evil redeeming the time because the days are evil we want to talk today about rescheduling the appointment rescheduling the missed appointment pray for me and I'll pray for you father I thank you for the word of the Lord today the word of the Lord is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword it pierces even to dividing of soul and sunder and joints and marrow, and your word is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of our heart. Today we need you, God, to help us. We want you, God, to show us the word and to open up our hearts to receive the word of the Lord today. I pray, God, you'll give us revelation and understanding and someone today who feels hopeless has got to receive hope, and only you can give it. So by the power of your spirit, speak life over dead things in every one of our hearts. And I pray today, Lord God, you would get the glory for what happens in this building and in this place in Jesus' name. And everybody that loves the Lord said amen. You may be seated in God's presence. We have just come out of yet another Christmas season, and I pray everyone in this room today received a gift of some sort, something that was special to you, something that you will cherish something that you will appreciate. Uh, how many in this place ever have 
um, family together and you play a gift game called something like Dirty Santa. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yes, some of you wonder what I'm talking about. Um, it's not vulgar or anything like that. It is really a game where you, by luck, draw numbers and one gives a gift and um, then another come along and get a number after that and get a gift and then you can steal each other's gifts. And what starts out as a cool Christmas gathering <laughs> with great camaraderie and great feeling and there's so much joy in the room, what, what begins as uh, a special Christmas devolves quickly uh, into uh, strife and issues start surfacing that have been buried for decades and people start screaming and throwing things and before you know it, you have to shut everything down and read the nativity and pray for recovery because it's just crazy sometimes. And we, we played that gift this year, that game this year, and, and I watched as people took gifts and then people after them came and stole gifts and I watched the resentment build up in people and I just was praying, God, don't let nothing stupid happen at the family gathering and we survived, amen. As I thought about that and I thought about the joy that happens when we receive a gift in our life, I'm reminded of how good of a God we serve and the kind of gift-giving God that we serve. In fact, James 1.7 reminds us that every good and perfect gift that we have comes from the Father of life in whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. We're reminded that God is good, that he's a gift-giving God. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, thanks be unto God for his indescribable gift. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And then we flip over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 14, and we see the list, the catalog of spiritual gifts that God gives. The Bible says that he gives uh, some to be apostles. Jesus gives some to be prophets, pastors, evangelists, teachers, and then the spiritual gifts of tongues and an interpretation of tongues, the gifts of administration, the power gifts of faith and miracles and wisdom gifts and words of knowledge and all these gifts gifts that God gives so that when we leave the tree called Calvary, nobody's empty-handed. Everybody's got a gift because God is a good God. And as I thought about the gifts that God gives, one of the most underappreciated and least discussed gifts that God gives us that I think we should really be most thankful and most, most uh, respectful and stewarding of, it's the gift of time. Because I don't know if you have this struggle or not. Something happened to me when I turned 40. I started appreciating time more. Amen. All the young people in the room can't relate because you're 17 and you feel like you're going to live forever. But when you start getting older, you start appreciating days. And you start looking back over your life and you start wishing you had another decade, wishing you had another 20 or 30 years left. And there's something that happens when we start taking inventory of this thing called time. And the greatest, the greatest gift that God gives us is, the, I believe, one of the greatest gifts God gives us outside of the spiritual, um, the spiritual sphere of gifts that he gives us for our spiritual life. One of the greatest gifts God gives us is time. And time is given to us in days. And we can talk about the stewardship of money, and some people don't like talking about that. We can talk about the stewardship of spiritual gifts. We can talk about the stewardship of our job and our family, but one of the greatest challenges that we have to talk about is how we steward our time. Because we live in time, and we are allotted a certain amount of time. And we are called to be good stewards of time. And the older we get, it is easier to see that time is something that God, that God gives us that is precious to us. And, and I want to remind you today that time is something that is still held in the hand of God. God still holds time. He's not stuck in time. He operates outside of time, but he is willing in his goodness to step into the thing that we are limited by called time and to move and operate and to cause us to become in our life and tucked away in the days of our life. That sounds like a soap opera. Tucked away in the days of our life are these things called divine appointments where our lives intersect with God's moments and these moments that happen in these divine kairos uh, minutes of our life are intended to change us. 
God will often invade time and break in on our normal time routine and give us a Kairos moment that is intended to shape and mold us and change us for future purpose. And the text before us today is a glimpse into the life of a man who understands something about time and the time that he spent with Jesus. In fact, his name is Thomas. And if you read this gospel of John, the 20th chapter, you will find something about this particular story that John gives us that no other gospel writer gives us. God tells us through the writer of John concerning the life of the apostle Thomas that Jesus had spent three years of ministry with Thomas. He had spent three years of pouring his life into Thomas and the other twelve and the other eleven. And the Bible says that now we have come to this place of death and burial and resurrection. And Thomas, who has been with Jesus three years, We are reminded in the story of Thomas that we are built for continual encounter. Because even after three years of being with Jesus in ministry, after he watched Jesus minister, after he watched Jesus suffer, after he watched Jesus die, after Thomas saw Jesus alive after Thomas watched him heal the blind, after he watched him heal the lame, after he watched him conduct the miracle of turning the fish and bread into a mass meal that fed the multitude. Beyond the Last Supper, beyond the betrayal, beyond the crucifixion, beyond the tomb, even after the resurrection, this story teaches us Jesus has more of himself to reveal to his people. Isn't it amazing that after all that we've seen from God, how many have seen God do anything in your life? How many have witnessed God do something in your life in 2019? How many know that there's some stuff that happened in you and to you and for you that was absolutely without question the hand of God moving on your life? If you know that you saw something like that, lift your hand right now. Can I tell you that the story of Thomas is a reminder that after all the miracles and all the ministry and all the suffering and all the crucifixion and all of the tomb and everything Thomas has seen, we come to this moment where Jesus has more of himself to reveal to his disciple Thomas. And it's a reminder that the God we serve is a God of continual encounter. That no matter what we see and how much of him we see, there is more of God to encounter in our future. This is a reason for us to celebrate because one of the greatest fears we have should be that we get to the end of life and feel like there's nothing else to encounter. Can I just remind you today that all of this life will be an encounter and even beyond the grave, eternity will be something that each of us who are washed in the blood of the Lamb will experience and forever and ever and ever it will be continual encounter, encounter, encounter as we sit around the throne of God and join the angels singing, worthy is the Lamb for all of eternity. Can somebody give God praise for that today? Beyond the Last Supper, beyond the betrayal, beyond the crucifixion, even beyond the resurrection, Jesus still has more of himself to reveal to his disciples. There was always more of Jesus for us to encounter. This is always the challenge for us to get motivated for the more of God. When you've seen God move in powerful ways, it's sometimes because of the way our our minds and our brains and our entire being are, are built. It's almost as if we can just get sort of commonplace with the more of God. But how many would agree with me? He's holy and he's awesome. And no matter what we've seen him reveal, we should always come back as children. That's how you enter the kingdom, as a child. Isn't it wonderful that a child, you can, you can take a child to a zoo and you can, and you can show the child the animals and, and he gets really excited and then, and then you leave and when you come back, the kid is excited again. Why? Because it's a continual exploration of something new. Can we please approach God like that in 2020? Can we not approach him as if we know it? 
it all and we've seen it all and we've experienced it all and we've encountered all of him there is to know. Can we learn from this story this morning that in spite of all that God has done for us and revealed to us, at the end of the day there is more of Jesus to be revealed in all of our lives and can somebody praise him that angels circle the throne and they cry holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. He's not the God that just was. He's the God that is continually on his way into our lives. He's the God that is to come. The story of Thomas reminds us that Jesus is a never-ending encounter. There's always more of him. His mercies, listen, are new every morning. If you've experienced any of his goodness today and you're wondering if you used it all up, I can promise you that when you wake up in the morning and the sun rises, his mercies for your life will be new tomorrow morning. This is the God of endless encounter. And yet, Jesus comes for this encounter with Thomas. John tells us something about this encounter that is quite disturbing. It doesn't go into the reason. It doesn't give us the, a clue as to the why. It just says it like this. And Thomas was not with the disciples. Thomas was not with the other disciples. How can you possibly miss this moment? This is the moment where Jesus is getting ready to walk through a wall. He's getting ready to show them the nail prints in his hands and the spear scar in his side. They're getting ready to see the risen Christ, and Thomas is not there. How do you miss this divine appointment? How do you miss this moment? Well, there are a number of reasons people miss moments with God. Number one, some people miss moments with God because they get sabotaged by the enemy. Have you ever been walking through life loving Jesus, loving his people, doing everything you can to walk with God, and out of nowhere, seemingly out of nowhere, you get blindsided by an attack of the enemy? Is that me or is that like, anybody know what I'm talking about? Maybe it was a financial thing. Maybe it was a family thing. Maybe it was a job thing. Maybe it was a friend thing. Whatever it was, you could look back over that season in your life and you could say, that one caught me off guard. Some people miss divine moments with God because they underestimate the power of the enemy. And might I suggest to you, one reason we underestimate the power of the enemy is because we don't value our lives in the way that cause us to think we would even attract an enemy. I'm just a nobody anyway. Why would the enemy waste his time on me? That family is a trick of the devil itself. You've got to understand that even in your weakness, you are still Satan's worst nightmare. Even on your worst day, there is more power locked up in your vessel. There is this treasure you have on the inside of you that drives darkness crazy. You don't even have to act spiritual. You don't even have to go through spiritual calisthenics. You don't even have to feel powerful. You're just washed in the blood, filled with the Spirit, and you got the Word of God hidden down in your soul. And because of that, you are a threat everywhere you go to the kingdom of darkness. May I tell you today that God deposited not some watered down power uh, from heaven into you when he saved you, but Paul reminds us in the book of Romans that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is alive and well on the inside of you. It is the reason hell gets nervous every morning when your alarm clock rings because greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. You're filled with all the power and the fullness of God. You may not know it, but there's a king living on the inside of you.
And the enemy will sometimes fight you. And he will try to stun you and overcome you. And because of the warfare, sometimes we miss divine appointments and we're not able to see Satan working. And then sometimes people miss divine moments because we allow our priorities to get out of order. I'm going to say something that's going to sound real old-fashioned. I'm going to make some people real, real mad at me. But you cannot replace church attendance by sitting at home. I'm, I told you, I feel that. You feel it when I say it. You're like, all these people start grabbing their stuff. I'm going to tell you right now, this thing about people experiencing koinonia and fellowship and communion by themselves does not exist. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews that the, as the day of the Lord approaches, we should be together more and more, not less and less. And I know that there are times and seasons in the year where we are more accessible than others, and I'm not talking about not having a life, and I'm not talking about perfect attention. I'm not talking about that at all. I'm talking about a matter of priority. If coming to the house of God is something that is not at the top of your priority, I suggest that you need a priority retuning and refocusing for 2020. Oh, y'all not helping me, but I'm going to tell you because I love you. If you come to church once every eight weeks, do not blame God or give credit to the devil that you don't have spiritual victory. You can't have victory if you're walking by yourself. Y'all sit out there and look at me like that if you want to, but I'm going to tell you right now, when I come to church, I leave better than I came. I leave with some encouragement. I leave with some strength. I leave with a word. It's a sword with which I fight the devil. I'm thankful. I know there are some crazy people in church, but there's some crazy people in your family, and you still sleep there every night. There's some crazy people on your job, and you still work with them Monday through Friday. Y'all ain't helping nobody. Priorities. Priorities. The banana that splits away from the bunch is the one that gets peeled. Y'all caught that like eight minutes late. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, bring your house to church. Be in the house of God. Now, I'm thankful for technology. I'm thankful that when you got a bad Sunday and everybody's sick and nobody's feeling good, watch us. <laughs> Pay your tithes online. <laughs> this thing has not been created so that we can find church in a box. Because there's something that happens in this room that only happens in this room and it only happens where two or three are gathered in his name. I need to be around you. I said, I need to be around you. I need to see your face. I need to shake your hand. I need to hug your neck and feel a hug. There is something that is released into our faith when we are surrounded by brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm going to say it and I'm going to move on because I feel the haters growing. Church attendance is not optional. We ought to come to church. My kids behave better when they've been in church. <laughs> My marriage is better when I'm in church. My week works out better when I go to church. I find purpose. I find my place. I find strength. Sometimes we miss divine opportunities because on the Sunday, God had something for us. He said, wait a minute. I see him over there, but she's supposed to be sitting right there. I ain't getting no help. Old-fashioned Wallace is coming out on the last Sunday of the year. God has too much in store for us to miss it because we have wrongly prioritized our life. I'm not trying to suggest to you the only place you'll get anything from God is in church, but I got saved in church. I got filled with the Holy Ghost in church. I got called to preach in church. I found my wife in a prayer meeting in a church. 
God sent me to this city in a church service. Powerful things happened in my life in a church building. Now, there have been other powerful things that have happened while I'm driving down the road, but there's nothing like being in the house of God with God's people. And when Jesus showed up, he did not show up to one of them. He showed up to all of them. Because the church is never the church singularly. The church is the church in plural form. This is a way to win friends and influence people. Look at somebody tell them, neighbor, we have to get our priorities straight. We should be excited when we come to church. Like we should come through the door and be glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Come on, somebody. I woke up before my alarm clock went off this morning. When I woke up, I was 30 minutes ahead of schedule. Why? Because there's something in my belly that starts turning on Sunday morning. I can't wait to get here to see who sick might get healed, who bound might get set free, who lost might get saved. We don't come to church to check out each other's new Christmas attire. Do y'all like my new Jordans? We don't come to church to check out our new Christmas attire. We come to church because when we get here, God said, I'll walk in the midst of the seven golden candlestick. And if I can find two or three who will gather in my name, I'll show up in the midst and reveal myself as God. I want to get to the house of God. And we ought to bring people with us. Because what if you knew God had an appointment for somebody that they didn't even know God had an appointment for them? Priorities. Well, that was all worked up. <laughs> Calm down a little bit here, Kevin. We get excited about a lot of things. I think we should get about, excited about encountering the more of God. And I think we, we should come... As a child, with a childlike heart of wonder to see what God may do every time we come together. And the church doesn't just gather on Sunday morning. The church gathers at various times of the week. Any one of those times when we are together with God's people can become a divine appointment. Do not for one moment take for granted the gathering together of the saints. This text teaches us Jesus came to the body. They were gathered in a room, hiding out because they were afraid, but he came. Isn't it good to know that he'll come even if we come afraid? Oh, y'all missed a good place to say amen. Isn't it good to know he'll show up even when we come with all of our baggage, all of our fears, all of the mess from the week, all of the pain of the days of the week, everything that we've been through, he'll still show up as long as we come together. This is encouraging to me. It means that I don't have to get in a mood, the right mood for him to show up. I don't have to get in the right mood for him. I don't have to impress him so he'll come in. He'll even come through a wall. Did y'all read that story? He walked through a wall. Why did he walk through a wall? Because they locked the door on him. And the reason the door was locked is not to keep him out. It was to keep the people who may try to kill them. And sometimes in our attempt to protect ourselves from the world, we've insulated ourselves from Jesus. And Jesus, sometimes, y'all not saying nothing on Sunday morning, sometimes he has to break through and come through the wall because the door to our heart was shut. But I'm glad to report to you, he loves us enough that even though we shut the door and lock it, he's able to come through the wall and say, I know you're afraid, I know you're bound, I know you got issues, I know you've been struggling, but I came for one thing, peace be unto you. Oh, aren't you glad he showed up today? Not to bring us shame, not to bring us condemnation, not to kick us around and tell us how pitiful we are. He came today and walked through the wall in the middle of our mess and said, I know what you've been dealing with. I know what you've been struggling with. You tried to write the bills out and there's more bills than there is money and you are pulling your hair out wondering what's going on. But I showed up 
and said, peace be unto you. Oh my God. I feel like I'm about to help myself in this room today. He didn't come to point it out. He came to give you peace. He didn't come to call you out. He came to give you peace. Peace that passes understanding. Peace in the midst of a storm. Peace when you're going through hell on earth. Slap your neighbor till the neighbor God came for you. Peace. But Thomas is not there. He misses this appointment. And before Jesus leaves this moment, the Bible said he stood up and spoke peace over him. And then he said this, receive the Holy Ghost. And he breathed on them. And they received the Holy Ghost. How would you like to be Thomas? And come back to church the next Sunday. And everybody be at the water fountain. We saw Jesus. Have you ever felt like you were the one that was out of the loop? Y'all not being real. Thomas misses this moment. It's a divine moment. It's a moment where Jesus releases peace and then he gives them his power. He breathes on them and they receive the Holy Ghost. And Thomas is not there. Why? We don't know. We just know he missed his appointment. And at the end, I'm almost through, the end of 2019, some of us are sitting in this room filled with regret. Because we look back over 2019 and we feel like we missed some moments. We squandered some opportunities. We lost some things God had in store for us. And somewhere between the flesh and the devil speaking, the flesh on one shoulder and the devil on the other, your mind is racked with regret because you missed a moment. You lost an opportunity. And now <laughs> you are flailing away in the conversation others are having about Oh, this was a wonderful year. We met Jesus. We saw the Lord. And you're sitting there hearing this. And you don't care. You don't care nothing about what they've experienced because you know what you lost. Somebody in this room, not everybody, but somebody in this room feels like you wasted something in 2019. Someone in this room feels like you missed something that God had for you. Someone in this room feels like you lost an opportunity that God had written down in his calendar book of Kairos moments. And you'll say, ah, I got sabotaged. Maybe my priorities got a little bit out of whack. You went through a season of, of setback and you just got a little bit jaded and you, and you just kind of you distanced yourself. You didn't turn your back on God. You just said it ain't going to take all this intense seeking God and I'm not going to be going after God like that anymore because all I did was I just missed it and now my life is full of regret and that's who I came to talk to. I'm going home in a minute. But before I go home, I need to talk to somebody who feels like they missed it. What do you do when you miss it? And the devil tells you you missed it. And your flesh tells you you'll never get it back. I'm going to tell you what you do. I'm going to give you this. I'm going to get out your way. You go to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 and 16, and you hear the words of Paul. You redeem the time. Now, 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 let me explain what this means because some people may hear the word redeem and you are, you are correct when you think and I think that the word redeem means to buy something back. And so you look at the word redeem the time and maybe you are under the illusion that you actually get to go back into the past and you get to buy back things you lost in the past. But that is not what Paul is teaching because that is asinine. How many know you cannot walk back into yesterday and get a moment you missed back? Okay, try it. No, come on up here and try to walk back into yesterday and go get something you forgot or lost or missed or squandered. You can't do it. The way time works is that when it expires, it's gone. When Paul says redeem the time for the days are evil, he is not suggesting that you get into, what is that movie, uh, Back to the Future? What is the car called? 
Yes, that. You you can't get in that and go backwards, and you can't get in it and go forward. What you have to recognize is that when you miss a moment, and when you squander an opportunity, and when you lose something that God had for you, the enemy will take every advantage that he can to torment your mind and remind you of how you lost it. But Paul said, you redeemed the time. Doesn't mean you go back and buy back time and get back yesterday. What he's literally saying is, learn from the mistake you made when you missed it yesterday and now turn your eyes toward the future and even though you missed yesterday's divine appointment redeeming the time means I will not miss my next opportunity oh I'm getting ready to bless somebody in this church not because you are the one that kept all of your appointments not because you are the one that did it the way you were supposed to do it God's going to bless all them people that kept their appointments, but God's about to give somebody some encouragement today that even because you you miss some stuff and you misprioritize some things and you lost some divine opportunities, it doesn't mean God's not going to do it. It means you got to make up your mind that I will not repeat the same mistake that caused me to miss it last time because I still believe God is a God of restoration and he'll come back around and reschedule the appointment I missed. So is this really happening in the Bible? Yeah. John 20. Jesus comes. Brian, help me. I'm through. Jesus comes. He comes in, and he says, receive the Holy Ghost, and he gives them peace, and those that are there get it. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Those that are there are going to get it. God's going, God will never penalize faithful people. Faithless people will get another opportunity, but faithful people will never be penalized. I don't want to preach this today and people who think that they've been faithful to God and not miss things somehow are not in a position to receive the fullness of God because faithfulness is something all of heaven applauds and honors. Amen. So I'm not putting a premium on missing divine moments. I just came to help some people who feel like they missed them. Paul said, don't repeat the same mistakes. The days are evil. You don't have time to waste. Look at your neighbor and tell him you don't have time to waste. How many have ever felt like you wasted so much time already? No, for real. How many have ever struggled with that? I'm talking about saved people. You ever get tormented with the fact, I could, I could, I, I don't want to feel this way, but I, I could have done more. I could have spent less time serving the enemy and more time serving Jesus. Amen. Well, let me tell you, stop that. Stop tormenting yourself and beating yourself down, telling yourself you could have been doing more. You could have and I could have too, but we didn't. Amen. So where does that leave us? Are we always going to be looking backward at what we lost? Or can we take advantage of this morning, turn our attention toward 2020, and say, I refuse to repeat the same mistakes that caused me to miss divine things God had in store for me. Amen. I'm going to redeem the time. And here's what it means. I actually believe that God is good enough that he'll come back around and reschedule the appointment I miss. Amen. And that's what he did in John 20. Thomas! Was supposed to be there. You missed it. You missed the peace and you missed the power. But what does Jesus do? Eight days later. Touch somebody, tell them eight days. Why eight? Why not five? Why not six or seven? I'll tell you why it was eight, because eight is the number of new beginnings. And sometimes after you miss something, you don't need to keep rehearsing what you missed. You need God to clean the whole slate and say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to finish that. That's why seven comes before eight. 
because seven is the number of completion and some of you had to wait a little while for God to finish something a season where you missed something but I need to tell you today seven is past eight has come it's a day of new beginnings God is getting ready to do something new I don't know who I'm talking to but somebody needs to be encouraged even if you missed it God is rescheduling an appointment with your life if you learned anything it's not a waste. Did you hear what I just said? If you've made a mistake and learned anything, it's not a, it's, it's not a waste. In fact, if you went through anything and it didn't kill you, It's not a waste. Crazy athletes say stuff like this. What don't kill you makes you stronger. Some of you have been through some stuff in 2019. It was intended to drive you away from God. But I still see you here. And the fact that it didn't work indicates to me that not only did the enemy's plan not work, it actually now is going to backfire. Because what weapon was intended to kill you with didn't kill you and you're still alive. And because you're still alive, you came out of that battle with a greater grace and a greater strength than you had before you went in it. So look at your neighbor next to you. Tell them, neighbor, you're still here. Yes, you've got a, a wound. And yes, you're bleeding. And yes, you're hurting. And yes, you feel like you're just dragging yourself to church on the last Sunday of the year. But I came to tell some God is about to reschedule an appointment you thought you missed. God is about to hook you up with an open door you thought closed. God is not through yet. Thomas missed the first one. But the second time, Jesus came back. Look at somebody tell him, I'm glad he came back for me. I'm glad he came back for me. You can sit out there and act cute and act like you know you deserve it, act like you know you earned it, but I'm just thankful he came back when he didn't have to. He could have let me forgotten it. He could have never let me get on his appointment calendar book again, but I'm thankful that he loved me enough to come back and reschedule the appointment that I missed. He came back into the room. Same exact scenario. They're in a room, door is locked, they're hiding. Jesus says, this looks familiar. Walks through a door, walks into the room. Peace be unto you. It's all the same. Only one difference. The man who missed it the first time did not miss it the second time. And Jesus comes in. And I saw something last night in prayer I'd never seen before. Thomas said, unless I see the nail prints and I touch the scars and I place my hand into the side, I will not believe. And I thought about it. Why was Jesus stabbed in the side? Oh, I know we say it was so the water and the blood could mix. And yes, there's theological truth in that. And there's certainly validity to that. He was stabbed in the side and water and blood came from the side of our Savior when he was stabbed with the spear. But I believe one reason they let him put the spear in his side was to create the place for Thomas to touch so that Thomas could again believe. Do you know Jesus suffered so that you could believe? He allowed his side to be riven and cut so that you would have a place to touch the feeling of his infirmity. It's that place where you and I go touch God where he can feel our hand and we can feel his heart. I'm thankful I serve a God that was wounded for me. Proverbs says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. If you ever want to know if you can trust Jesus, look to his nail-pierced hands and to his scarred side. Those wounds remind us he is the king that can be trusted. And today, stand with me. I'm through preaching. 
today you're in this room you would say Pastor Kevin I feel like I missed some appointments this year I feel like I squandered some opportunities this year I feel like I'm lost. I lost some things that God wanted me to have this year and the enemy has been eating my lunch and I feel regret and I feel some shame and I feel like I lost something I'll never get back. I came today to tell you Jesus is coming back for you today. He's going to reschedule some appointments you missed. Some things you thought you lost and the enemy convinced you you'll never get back. God's about to show you he's not just the God of the first chance. He's the God of the second opportunity. And I come to tell you, he's the God of the third opportunity. And can anybody in here witness and testify that God gave you some stuff back that had it been up to you, you already would have lost it. But in his goodness, he gave you another opportunity to recover some stuff. Heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're in this room and you'll say, Pastor Kevin, you're talking to me. I need this morning and I need this day. I need God to reschedule this divine appointment he had for me. I don't want to waste any more time. Doesn't matter what reason you missed it. We don't know what Thomas's reason was. We don't have to know. We just know that the second time Jesus came back for Thomas, Thomas was in the right place at the right time. Today, you're in the right place at the right time. If you feel like you need God to restore some things in your life, some things you missed, some things you squandered, some things you lost, and you don't want to miss that appointment with God, lift your hand right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody with their hand up or should have it up, come stand with me in the altar right now. If your hand went up or it should have went up, come stand with me right now. I, I know this is imposing on your time. I know this is a little bit difficult. I know this is a challenging thing to admit, but 2020 is going to be a great, 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 great year. It's going to be a great year. Some of us this morning need to make some not New Year's resolutions. We don't need to make New Year's resolutions. We need to make up our mind that by the grace of God and the help of the Holy Spirit, we're going to change our priorities. I think that's something everyone in this house should say amen to. How, how many want to go into 2020 with kingdom priorities? Before I pray for them, can I pray for the whole house? Can we just lift our hands and be reminded of what Jesus said? Seek you first. Seek ye first. Seek, listen family, I'm talking to all of us. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything we need will be added. Some of us in this room right now, God is giving us grace today to be reminded of what should be first. Things are going to work out better for you in 2020 if you'll seek the kingdom first. Things are going to happen in a way that brings honor to God and blessing to your life if you and I will seek the kingdom first. Some of us need to throw away things and you say, Pastor, how do I know what's first? I'm going to give you a clue. If you want to know what's first in your life, what is your time, your talent, and your treasure being invested in? What is your time, your talent, and your treasure being invested in? Because where we put our treasure is where our heart is. Where we invest our time is where our priority is. Lord, I pray for our church today. I pray for all of us, God. May we exit 2019, leaving behind patterns that have produced failure and defeat. And may we walk into 2020 with new priorities that honor you and prioritize your kingdom as the, the first thing in our life. Holy Spirit, forgive us, God. Forgive us today for seeking 
running, searching after everything else, even being so enamored and impressed by culture that we have allowed culture to dictate our priorities to us. We have allowed culture to shape in our heart what is important, and we have even made an idol out of the American dream. And we have forgotten that what matters most is the seeking first of your kingdom. Does anybody else just need to, before we pray for everyone that's come to the altar, just say, God, today, get my eyes back on the kingdom. Get my eyes back on the seeking first of the kingdom of God. Throw our hand, let's throw our hands up and just, just do that right now. God, today, we intentionally, we refocus our attention on your kingdom, on the king. Lord, our ambition, our drive, all of our energy that we use, I pray, God, that before we expend it anywhere else, before we invest it anywhere else, I pray today for this house that we would honor you by making sure your kingdom is the primary pursuit of all that we have, all that we do. All that we're chasing, Lord, should come after our first pursuit of you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything added Everything added, nothing lost, nothing missing. Everything will be added when we seek first the kingdom. In Jesus' name. Lord, some of us are making a fresh commitment of priority to, to be in your house, to spend more time with your people, to spend more time seeking your face this year. I pray, God, we wouldn't spend more time anywhere else than in your presence this year. Even our jobs, even our work, even our drives, even our time with family, may it all center around the presence of the Lord. May our fellowship and communion with you not ever have to take a break because you're sweet. Your presence is so sweet, God. And today I pray for a realignment and a refocusing of our priorities, and may we get our gaze back upon you, Jesus. Lord, thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, God, we pray for every brother and sister in this altar. I want you to stretch your hands, those of you who are going to stay. I want you to stretch your hands toward the altar right now. I want you to pray for the grace of God just to be multiplied and extended in their life. I want to lay hands on every one of you. I just want to bless you because I feel like I need to wipe some stuff off your mind. I just, need to, I just need to ask God to cast some stuff out of your mind, some thoughts of hopelessness that the enemy has planted in your heart that have made you think it's too late and God can't, God can't restore. I came for the Thomas today, for the Thomas that says I missed it. I, all I do is hear about everybody else and what they had from God. and Everybody else saw Jesus, but I missed it. Today, you're not going to miss it another day. God is shifting some stuff in your heart. God is taking some stuff out, and he's putting some stuff in. I want you to throw your hands up in the air if you came to the altar today. I want everybody that's in this room right now just praying in the Spirit of God because I believe with all my heart there's some spiritual things that need to happen in hearts and minds today. It will not happen. It will not happen by flesh. Jesus, come on, pray, church. It will not happen by flesh. We don't need just a little simple prayer. We need a yoke to break because if you walk around in hopelessness and regret, the enemy will rob you of the next appointment. He'll shame you out of missing the next appointment God has for you. God sent me to tell somebody today he's rescheduling the appointment you missed. Thomas, he's coming back for you. Thomas, he's coming back for you. Lift your hands all over this room and just begin to worship the Lord. Jesus, we honor you. Jesus, we honor you. Jesus, we honor you. We honor you, O oh God, for new beginnings. Eight days later. Eight days later. New beginnings. Eight days later. Eight years later. Eight months later, some of y'all have been waiting a long time for a new beginning. I came to tell you that the last time and the last season has come to a close. And I'm telling you right now on the authority of God's Word, you've come into a new day. And the new day is in a man named Jesus. And I thank God right now that it's not too late. It's not too late. It's not too late. It's not too late. The enemy told you it was too late, but the reason the devil told you that it was too late is because he's a liar. 
and you don't know how to tell the truth. If anything has told you it's too late, it's a good sign that the enemy is nervous and he's nervous because you're getting closer to a rescheduling of a lost appointment. I want to tell you right now that some stuff that has been building up for your life, it's been years of making. 2020 is coming into reality. It's coming into manifestation. And it's not just going to be because it's 2020. It's because priorities are being shifted. There's a maturity coming to our lives that will release the hand of God to operate in ways on our behalf that he could not operate before. If the year changes but you don't change, nothing will change. If the year changes but I don't change, nothing will change. The change is coming because with this new year, it's an opportunity for new priorities. God's going to honor it. I'm just going to bless you, every one of you right now. Come on, church. Stretch your hands toward the altar and just begin to bless them. Release blessing over every one of them. Just open your mouth all over the room and just begin to speak blessing. A new beginning and rescheduled appointments. Everything lost comes back because of the goodness of God. There. Thank you. Thank you. Everything lost comes back because of the goodness of God. Uh-huh. Reprioritizing. That's what I'm hearing right now. Yes. Yeah, the kingdom is about to become the most important thing in every one of our lives. And because of that, that prioritization, there's coming a release of the blessing of God on your life. A release of the blessing of God on your life. Watch God bless what your hands are on. But there's coming a reprioritization on your life right now, right now, right now, right now. Because of the goodness of God, this is not, come on, pray, church. Just begin to pray. I'm telling you, the Lord wants to bring some stuff to a close. And he wants to give some strength to believe that the best is still coming. I declare it only because of the goodness of God. Only because of the goodness of God. Only because of the goodness of God will you recover everything you've lost. Bless her life today. I cancel every assignment of the devil over her life. Break it now. Loose her in the name of Jesus. There he is, sweetheart. Loosing and freedom coming to your life right now. Loosing and freedom are coming to your life right now. Loosing of chains. Breaking of every chain. I need people praying all over this room right now. The Lord is serious about this today. There are some people getting ready to be delivered in 2019 and will not be caged up at the beginning of 2020. Loose her in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you for Aaron and because of the goodness of God what he missed is coming back around. Reschedule every lost opportunity for this man of God now. Now, in the name of Jesus, now, in the name of Jesus, I wipe the regret off and I bless you, sweetheart, with a new beginning today. It's the eighth day. It's a new day. It's not going to be a trap. It's not going to be a what if I can't get it back? Why Why did I miss it? Oh, no. Somebody bring me my Bible. I got to read this. I promise God gave this to me right before I came into the sanctuary. And when I lay my hand on it, the Lord The Lord quickened this thing to me. Listen to this. It's in Ecclesiastes. Jesus. 7.10. And this is not just for her. It's for her primarily. But as I speak it over her, it's going to hit some people. And you need to catch what I'm getting ready to say. Ecclesiastes 7.10. Do not say the former days were better than these. Do not say the former days were better than these. For this is not wisdom. God says the the best is still yet to come. Loose it over her life right now in the name of the Lord. Do not say the old days were better than these. Jesus, Jesus, take her and turn her life around. And I pray in the next six days, Father God, in the next six days, you're going to turn her around in such a way her family ain't even going to know what happened to her. Turn her upside down, God. Give her joy like she never known in her life. I thank you for Jocelyn Rooks right now in the name of Jesus. We will never look back and say, oh, for the good old days. The best days are still yet to come. I bless you right now. I bless you right now that everything you miss, you, uh-huh, it's being rescheduled, Miss Rooks. You will not miss one thing God has for your life. You will not miss one thing God has for your life. The enemy will not torment you any longer believing you missed it. I declare restoration over your life right now. 
Ecclesiastes 7.10, Bill Lang. Do not say that the old days were better than these. And you've had some really good old days. I feel the Holy Ghost breathing on you. I hear the Lord saying the same wind that blew on Ezekiel's bones is blowing on your spirit today. Come to life. The breath of God, the Ruach of God coming on your life right now. Pray, church. I'm not just rushing through this. I'm going to pray for every person in this altar. I thank you right now. Aren't you the man that got hit by a train? That wasn't you? You, you, look, you, you know him? I thought you got hit by a train. You got hit by a car. Well, you're about to get hit by favor. Jesus. Jesus. You won't miss it this time. You won't miss it. The goodness of God is going to keep you from missing it. I need some praisers to lift up their hands and start praising God. I feel his favor in this room. You won't miss it, Tiff. You won't miss it. You won't miss it. Favor. Jesus. Heal her body right now. Favor. Lift your hands up, big brother. This is going to be a year of establishing, and I hear this word, settling. God is going to settle some things in your spirit in 2020. And this is going to be a year of rapid increase and expansion and building, but it's all about the settling, settling. It's, mm, I see the Lord setting a foundation, and it's wide and it's deep because what he wants to build in your life, yeah, there are going to be some storms, but the thing God wants to do in you and through you is significant. It has to have a proper foundation. Do it. Do it. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Lift your hands, sweetheart. It's happening in you too. I bless both of you in 2020 to go deeper and deeper and deeper because God's going to build it high and wide and fast and it ain't going to fall when the storm comes. Blessing, 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 blessing. Sweetheart, you're not going to miss this. 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 You're not. I wish you would praise in church all over this room. She's not going to miss this. Thomas, he came back for you. You missed the first. There's some stuff you missed in 2019 that you will have in 2020. I bless you. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over. In the name of Jesus, everything we miss, we come back, God, thanking you for goodness that will keep up. Your goodness will keep her from missing it again. Bless her life now. Bless her life now. I bless your lives now in the name of Jesus. You will not miss it this time. You will not miss it this time. You will not miss it this time. He still has the blessing in his hand. And when he comes back this time, he still got the same blessing in his hand. Oh, God. And I thank you that her fear, tried, Lord, even though the fear tried to keep her insulated and protected, you came through the wall for her today. And God, the fear doesn't intimidate you. And I break that spirit of fear off her life. And I loose her into the favor of God and the blessing of God in the name of Jesus. And God told me to tell you, sweetheart, you don't have to be afraid of him. If your mother and father forsake you, the Lord will never forsake you. He'll bear you up. He said, you're the apple of his eye. He wrote your name on his forehead, on his hand, and he knows your name. He knows every day. He knows every day about your life. He created you. You're fearfully and you're wonderful. Made and I just keep feeling like I'm supposed to tell you, you are not forgotten. You are not forgotten. The hand of the Lord is on your life. You are not forgotten. Jesus, Jesus, I thank you. She won't miss it. I thank you. She won't miss it. She won't miss this one. Today, you're rescheduling an appointment. She missed. She missed it, but she's not going to miss it the next time. And I hear the Lord saying, let it go. 
the priorities that absorbed and, and soaked up and stole and robbed you of the time you used to spend with God. He loved that time and God said, I'm, I'm jealous for you and I took it out of your life. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I don't even know what I'm talking about, but God knows what he's talking about and you know what he's talking about. And God said, quit weeping over what I took. I'm jealous for you and I want you to myself in this season and I'm going to show you my glory in a way you've never known it before. I thank you, Father God, for restoring her soul. Her cup is going to run over in the name of the Lord. You will not miss it this time. You will not miss it. Oh, yeah, he's jealous for you too. He will not, he will not allow you to miss it. He will keep coming. Come on. Come on. Meet him. Meet him. He's coming back to meet you at that place. Yes, Lord. I bless your life right now. I bless your life right now. You will not miss it this time. You will not miss it this time. <laughs> 